Hi, welcome to the podcast. It's Sunny and Renaissance, and we are lesbian communist Swifties who have incredible taste. So many, like the best opinions, they'll correct opinions on everything. Um, we don't, I don't have a name for this podcast yet, to be honest, but we're discussing pop culture and politics through our specific lens as very cool lesbians. I'm Renaissance Marie, Twitter demon and casual YouTuber, and also sunny state government assigned villain and enemy. Renaissance is on Zoom right now, but we're going to transfer to Instagram Live for our first show, so... Today, we will be discussing a very scintillating tweet submitted by Sage from Sage Reads. Um, if you don't already know this, I'm a booktuber, so I have a lot of booktube besties, and Sage Reads is one of my booktube besties. I must be honest. They are so lovely. They are wonderful. And they submitted a very, very wonderful tweet. And, you know, okay, let me, let me read it right now. <coughs> Taylor Swift uses capitalism to exploit lesbians. Wow, isn't that something else? What what do you think of this hot take initially, Renaissance, before we go live? Because you're doing your fucking makeup, like the fucking idiot fam you are. Thank you. Um, my... I have two twofold opinion, twofold initial opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree with the tweet if she is straight. If Taylor Swift is, right. like, genuinely straight. But, Sunny, as we are friends, and we've had this conversation... <laughs> our, not our Gaylor conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah we are on that shit. <laughs> and as we've had several, more than one, Taylor Swift sapphic conspiracy theory conversations, we are kind of of the <laughs> newer school of thought. <laughs> Taylor Swift um, might be a closeted bisexual and mm. is unable to come out because then that would leave, that would have like a domino effect of coming out. That would yeah. end up yeah. outing several of the people that she's been theorized to have relationships right. with. But like, okay, this girl has been hanging out with like Cara Delevingne, and you—that's like that's that that is the Dyke stamp. I feel like you, if well, you she's hung out with Diana Agra, right? Okay, Cara Delevingne, right? Um, Dakota. Johnson. Johnson. Right, right, right. So, like, several known sapphic. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, sapphic like, icons, one might say. Genuinely. Right. Um, let alone the Kaler theory. That right. Just is there is FBI-ass documents on this shit. Like, I, <laughs> every day I wake up and I send all of my Swifty friends Gaylor conspiracy theories, Kaler conspiracy theories on TikTok. You know this. You are a victim I'm, of this. I'm patient zero. I'm your main I, Yes, that is true. Okay, okay, okay. Let's end the Zoom call, and I'm going to start the live, and I'm going to join, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you on the fucking, um, on the live show. Okay, live. It says I have 69 followers active now. Hee <laughs> hee, ha ha, ha ha. Okay, wait, what should I title this? Let me title it Lesbian, Communist, Taylor Swift, Gay, Question. <laughs> discuss, Important, Question. Taylor Swift, gay, queer baiting. Okay. For new podcast episode one. Okay, going live now. It says I'm checking connection. If my Wi-Fi drops out, okay, wait now. My okay. Let's see. Let me invite. How do I invite people again?
Oh, I click on the bottom. Um, Are you on live right now? Oh, okay. Yes, I, I am. Okay, you. I'm going to end the Zoom call. See you on Instagram. <clears throat> Requested Renaissance to join. Okay, we got some viewers coming in. One of our other Swifty lesbian friends, um, Evie. Okay, here we go. So for those of us who are who have just joined, okay, basically me and Renaissance came up with a wonderful idea last night at like 12 a.m. We decided that we're going to do a podcast where we talk about pop culture from the lens of us as being like communist lesbians who are very cool, have all good opinions, and are epic and amazing and awesome. So today we, for our first podcast episode, we're going to be discussing a scintillating tweet that was sent in by sage reads love you sage um and the tweet reads taylor swift uses capitalism to exploit lesbians so you know we're, we're, we're both swifties we know we know what the fuck is up um what are your thoughts on this initially renaissance <laughs> <laughs> my thoughts are twofold on this um tweet because if taylor swift is a closeted bisexual in which i am we both are of the school of thought that taylor swift is a closeted bisexual who has not come out as a sapphic because then that would implicate the sapphic sexualities of several of the women that she's been theorized to have relationships with so i think that taylor swift is like not necessarily exploiting i mean it, she's like a multi-millionaire under capitalism there's no way that she's not exploiting someone or like not right. using capitalism to her benefit that's inherently the truth right but in terms of this like queer baby manipulating lesbian sexuality thing i think if she's straight and has been straight this entire time then yeah that's fucked up but I don't think she is, which is why I think she's allowed to get away with it. Right. And, like, there's a whole theory that um, with Lover, there's so many fucking clues that this woman is gay because she had, like, yes. her, her pride the album is gay. The, It's a the, rainbow mm -hmm. album. The, like, like paper rings, that's a lavender marriage. That is a right. song about yeah. liking the person you're in a lavender yeah. marriage. And with. also, there's so much, like, there's so many bisexual cues in, like, on, even on, like, in her Instagram feed and, like, all the promo material for Lover. It's gay as fuck. It's a fucking pride flag. And when she didn't come out at that point, I was like, damn, bestie, like, if you're not going to come out now, if, you're, if your fucking management isn't going to let you, isn't going to let you come out now... We're just we're just going to have to impose this identity onto you because what else are we supposed to do when it's just so obvious? Uh, reputation photo shoot with her fucking little cowlick. Oh her my if she's god! Doing, if she is a hundred percent heterosexual and she did that photo shoot, that's a gay hate crime. That I is a hate agree. Crime. I agree. Like. She, the thing is, is that if if Taylor Swift doesn't ever come out as gay, as queer of some sort, like. Like, it will kill me. Like, it, I think that will be the cause of my death, you know? Um. Imagine, like, like 60 years into the future. Like, we're in our 80s. Old, like, generations have come and gone, right? She finally releases her memoir. And, like, all of these, like, retirement home Swifties just, like, fucking nursing homes. Come out the of the woodwork. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Taylor boards and like presentations on like yeah. Swift theory uh -huh. in nursing homes. I will lead it. I will be 
I am there. No, I'm there. I I will be breaking out of the nursing home and I will be I, like, dude. And this is basically the plot of like, you know, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which I've read and you haven't because like I'm intelligent and I don't know about you, Renaissance, but um <laughs> also no one everyone on fucking booktube and book twitter is obsessed with that book especially if you're gay i know they are and I that's know. why you know about it before you even fucking talked about it but i read the book in like 2018 so what now what now see this is the other thing that i think makes this podcast really work what makes this you know our, our little show work is that as a very cultured individual as very cultured individuals, we explore lots of different sides of, like, trashy gay culture and, like, good, good pop culture media, right? So we have a lot to discuss here, even, even, even within the bounds of, like, this. Okay, wait, wait, what did, what did we say? Okay, Sarah said she has to wait till Klaus dies. <laughs> Please! <laughs> On Evelyn Hugo vibes? Yeah, it's true. No, it's definitely gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna go in the memoir right before she bounces from this earth. <laughs> No, definitely. I I could even see it being like almost like a uh, Princess Diana's tapes, where it's like post mortemly like exposed that she was a sapphic. Like I could see it going to those lengths. Yeah. Because the thing <clears throat> is, is that either Taylor Swift dies and we find out, or Carly Kloss dies and we find out, like, or all of her ex girlfriends die and we find out. Like someone has to die for this information to come out because like. It's not going to just like, oh yeah. And after after Reputation and Lover back to back albums, now I'm gonna come not out. Like, to no, mention like, Folklore and Evermore. Back. Evermore is a lesbian album. A lesbian. Album. Literally, it's literally. And that's why it's my favorite. <laughs> no, I mean, can you tell? Like the vibes. Yeah. The vibes are there. Um, okay, but like, let's go back to Sage's tweet where they said that you know Taylor Swift is u- utilizing capitalism to exploit lesbians, and I think okay. that. If Taylor Swift is doing that, she's doing a very genius job of it because look at us. We are playing into her little game right now. We are well, the mice in the mouse trap. And there, there's like, I mean, multiple people have had this take, but like this idea that like Taylor Swift came out to the people who knew what she was saying. Like the people who <laughs> The ones who would fucking pick up on the fucking cues. Yeah, like the people going to invest the time into figuring out is Taylor so sapphic or not are the people she wanted to come out to so like so I mean I guess in a way it is exploitation under capitalism is that she's like risking nothing because her straight fans over Over their heads they have no idea right so she's still financially profiting off of her straight fans still relating to her heterosexuality right but then she also has these rabid I mean feral foaming at the mouth lesbian fans and like <laughs> like she is also getting money off of them like how fast did all the like folklore and evermore merch sell out on her website the day that she drops those albums yeah like that like yeah. cardigan sweater yeah gone. and that's the thing if the so, thing is is that if you're wearing a cardigan sweater and you have like a kind of shitty haircut you're gay like if i if i look at if you are wearing the folklore cardigan s- sweater and I see you walking around, like I, I think I, I, I have to, I have to hit on you for the f- like I have to be like, hey, what's, what, are you on Twitter? Like, <laughs> like that's that's the meet cute we're looking for, to be honest. Your dream, like meet cute, is like cardigan sweater, bad haircut, 
on Twitter in a bookstore, like reaching for the same book, and you look up and see what they're We're standing around. We're standing around the fucking the Seven Husbands of Ellen Hugo. We both reach for it. We're like, wait, we're both wearing the folklore cardigan. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Oh, we never go out of style. Exactly. Exactly. So true. Um, and then you drive away in the getaway car. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yes. Um, I I agree. I don't want you like a best friend. Like, period. Like, exactly. You know. You what else is there? You that dress just for them to take it off. Literally. Like, literally. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. It's th- like the sundress folklore cardigan mm-hmm. combo that I'm really excited to see, especially in the fall. And, like, you know, a little bit now, but, like, when it gets warmer for me, because I'm in the Midwest and you're in California, so. Okay, we don't have time. That's another episode. <laughs> next episode, next episode we discuss the pros and cons of California, why I'm anti-California. Okay, but you say that, like, I'm not also anti-California. Yeah, but you, you've, you've like, born and raised Californian. No, I love being Californian, but I hate California, the state. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that I've never really experienced a true winter for longer than a week. That is what I appreciate about the state. Yeah, well, you know, some of it us are weak. Life. Some of us are weak and have. N- and how don't know anything about life okay sarah said gays with no money spending 50 dollars on cardigan i agree you know i think okay i saw someone on tiktok today say that they found the folklore cardigan at goodwill for eight dollars like wait what breakup Led to someone donating the cardigan. <laughs> this cardigan. What traffic, like, yeah. cats, like, custody oh battle royale led to oh them my doing God. the Taylor Swift cardigan. To give that shit up to the fucking Goodwill. Like, you could, oh my God. When you could sell that shit for hundreds of dollars on Etsy and some foaming at the mouth gay would buy it. Okay, but my question is, why did they... A confirmed lesbian. I'm just going to assume that the person who originally owned it was lesbian. Wait, what if it was like a homophobic Taylor fan who bought it, saw the Gaylor theory, and was like, oh my god. And then he's fucking, he's just like, give it away. Donation pile. Yeah. <clears throat> that is that is a fun theory. I, I, I think that is pretty funny. Um, I agree. Oh, okay. oh. I also think um, what's, okay. Sage, as a person who is not a Swifty, from what I understand, their perspective of like Taylor Swift, like like you know, exploiting lesbians, it makes a lot of sense because if you like, when you just see how lesbians on Twitter or like le- like lesbians period talk about Taylor Swift, like there is like it 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 does give mental illness, it does give like need to go to the psych ward, it does give it's giving a lot of things like wow taylor swift is literally funding a cult like she how then, does she, her grip on these fucking gays is so tight but you know the music in the elevators for mental hospitals is just the accused like the instrumental versions of taylor swift you know i think that would actually <laughs> cure that would cure every mental illness i think um not that it's really worked for us yet but like no We'll, we'll see um okay so that's that's the first part of this of this podcast of this show of us discussing someone's political slash cultural slash pop culture hot take and if you have a hot take please 
message me on twitter on instagram message either of us like tell us your hot take and we will we will tear it apart or you know be you know gently constructively disgust it discuss discuss it you know disgusted we will be disgusted disgusted. (laughs) yes um uh, it is it is a public humiliation platform that is what being on the internet is i i do believe but mm-hmm. what did jj say like on one hand she is kind of queer baiting but on the other hand she has to do so little for lesbians to just run with it no it's true she the effort she has to put that, into but this that's the thing about like queer baiting is that queer baiting is when straight people profit off of other right. people thinking something is queer when it's not yeah like so like queer baiting and like in like the show Supergirl, for example, have had the Supercorp fans buy their fucking baby hairs for like five years because every season everyone thinks it's going to be canon, then it's never canon. But with Taylor Swift, it's like the lyrics are there to be consumed as something that is queer. Like she's not offering something that like, oh, this is going to be the gay album, and then we get it, and it's actually not gay. I think it. That's why it's, it's like it's all like. In 60 years, when she comes out in her memoir, three months before she dies, that is when we will finally get the answer if it's, like, queer baiting or not. Because if she actually confirms that the songs that we think are gay are gay, which they are, then then she's just a, a sapphic, possible closet bisexual or lesbian. Right. Writing about her experiences. Right, right, right. But we don't know yet. Yeah. And I also think that, like, the thing about, like, real-life people, not, like, shows or books, like, queer baiting, is that it's, like, it's not really possible unless it's, like, very egregious because of how, like, I feel like the nature of, like, human sexuality and also the nature of, like, being famous. Because, like, a lot of famous people are not going to, like, really come out or aren't, aren't going to be able to due to, like, their management. And also, okay, if you've seen... If you watch Miss Americana and you saw what her management team looks like and like how they interact with her, come on. Like oh no, my god. Like, that's another thing. And I don't know the full details of this story, but I do remember seeing a post of like Taylor Swift was really close with either like the bassist or the drummer of one of her very first early bands and like they were like getting a little like too close and then that band member like mysteriously left taylor's like touring band and no one yeah 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 yeah. and it's just it's just like i think okay i think also especially if you listen to like her first album like her titular album or even speak now right if you've ever been a part of the like high school bisexual to college lesbian pipeline, Amen. you know what she's saying. And like, especially like, even when I was a kid, it's just it's like, oh, do you want to get married or whatever? It's like, I always had this idea of like what I wanted a relationship to look like. And I had, I did not care about men at all. And her earlier albums very much give of like, Oh, young, dreaming of what a future relationship is going to look like. Everyone's telling me that I'm straight, so I guess I'm going to write about men. But, like, you're not straight at all. Yeah. And then you just see evolution in her writing. Yeah. Like, no, this is a queer person yeah. who, like, contractually cannot come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Evie came in with the Gaylor facts. They said uh, that was the violinist, I think. She was, like, fired after tweeting. She was fired after tweeting about helping, quote, helping Taylor de-stress. 
<laughs> this is what I love about like like lesbian Taylor Swift fans. You can bring it up and they will have facts for you. Like they'll be like, oh, remember when this happened? Remember when that happened? <laughs> remember when that happened? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Also, um, if you've ever seen the movie Novitiate, I love that movie. Diana Agron. In Diana. It. Oh my God! It's so full Morgan circle. Taylor. It all. It's all full circle. But the scene where she's like, "Comfort me" or whatever, it's giving very that, and it's just lesbian sex. <laughs> There's like Comfort me. cuddles, and it's full like full Scissor Sisters in the convent. Please um, at the at the nunnery at the fucking nunnery. Like, yes. oh my god. No, I feel like that that's a really good analogy. That's a really good media analysis, I think, because Novitiate is all about that level of, like, religious and social repression and, like, shifting times on a cultural and political level. And then, like, what happens to these women, these young women who dedicated their life to, like, serving God or whatever the fuck. And, like, now they're dealing with the fallout of whatever the fuck the Catholic Church was doing, you know? So, yeah. That's very interesting to me. Okay, okay. I said we were gonna move on from this segment, but so okay. We okay, let me let me let y'all know. Our podcast is a three part segment. Okay, the first part is when we interrogate your hot take. The second part is wait. What is our second part again? What did you? What did we talk about last? Time? <laughs> what? Oh wait, wait. Yes, it's us presenting a piece of media to the other person and like trying to convince the other person to. Um, in, engage with said media but okay wait hold on before we do that i think we need to talk about shiva baby i was thinking the exact same yeah. okay uh-huh. we watched it together but we're both going to present it and try and get the other <laughs> we watched no, no, no okay no okay wait maybe that could be the second and third segment of this the second segment is us discussing a piece of media that we've both consumed and like talking about it okay. and the third segment okay. can be us being like okay wait what have you read or watched that you think the other person should? I, I think that works. I think that this is very on the fly, you know. Um, oh, wait, uh, you're on my phone. Hold on. Can I log into letter? I completely forgot what I have watched. Let's see if I can check my letterbox. See okay. other things that we've watched. We've both watched. But yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I mean, okay, Shiva Baby. We, we watched this last week on Zoom together when I bullied you into letting me watch it with you. And you thought that I hadn't already watched it. I, no, you thought that I had already watched it. That's just simply untrue. Yeah. Um, so, but then, but then I rewound it after we finished watching it and I watched the beginning again. And the writing uh-huh. is just next level. Every line. So Wait, if you, okay, I know, okay, I don't need to check my letterbox because I know what I'm going to recommend to you because you liked Shiva Baby. I already know. Okay, 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 okay. So that so that'll be the next section. But um <clears throat> Oh, Elham said, Hey besties. Oh, I'm just checking the chat. Hey besties, hey besties. Sarah said not Diana. Yeah, not Diana. Um 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 um, um people getting cancelled. Okay, anyway. Elham just said, Should I watch this live or my anthropology lectures? Very simple answer to that. This is the anthropology lecture. This is <laughs> This is anthropology. Right no, now, literally. as we speak. It's a critical analysis of media from a political perspective. Um, and it's just so essential, you know. Okay. So <clears throat> anyway, okay. Shiva Baby, your thoughts. Oh, okay. We're starting with me. One, this was not my first sapphic movie rodeo. This wasn't even my first, like, anxiety-inducing, yearning-filled sapphic movie rodeo. Um, I, de- I knew 
I knew that it was like kind of fruity because I'm on film stand Twitter and the usual film lesbians were kind of screaming about it. So I was like, okay, I'll watch it. And it blew me away. First of all, for it being such like, uh, like cheaply made in terms of budget, not in like creative quality movie, like made movie, like the little funds that they have for this movie, they fucking turned the party. It is so good. It's so, like, even, like, if you took away the dialogue and you took away the script, which is golden, it is just a well-made film. It's like, every so well-produced. Every creative department of the film popped off. Yeah. Matab just second- asked, hold on, wait, wait, before you say that, I want to answer Matab's question. She said, oh, does yes. the dinosaur have a name? And for those of you who are listening and not watching... I'm holding a stuffed dinosaur. It is green. It is very beautiful. It is soft. It is cuddly. It is about the size of a, like a basketball. And his name is Mr. Dino. And I love him very much. So, oh, oh, Elham just said, what movie is this? It's Shiva Baby. Shiva Baby. Write that down. Okay, anyways. Well, like, it's like- a Jewish funeral <laughs> because it yes. takes place at a Shiva. It's, it's the combination of Shiva, which is the, like, Jewish, um, like, mourning, funeral-type family gathering, and the term sugar baby, or sugar baby, um, because the main character is Danielle, and she is a sugar baby while she attends some, um, what is NYU, but some unnamed New York University. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's where the name comes from. Sunny, can you... Why are you making that face? Huh? The pattern. It's an astrology app. <clears throat> oh, oh, I, I used to have it. I think I deleted it. Yeah, I deleted it. Because Elham just said, can you get the pattern and add me on there? I'm trying to see something. Well, Elham, I <laughs> I will not what? be... Huh? No, I was going to reference one of your tweets from earlier, but I'm not going to do it on, on, on the pod. Oh, my God. Well, I want to hear it now. I want to know. I can... I can edit the podcast, which I definitely will have to because this is very crazy. This is very messy. So, <clears throat> oh, oh, new. Okay, Elham is a New Yorker, and she just said NYU is a plague on society, and I would have to agree. I've been to New York a couple times, and I think that people who go to college in New York City have a very particular vibe and energy that I don't like because it's like, like the liberal arts college kids combined with like the <clears throat> what's what's the word the fucking pretentiousness that comes with like I'm in New York City. Anyway, what were you saying? What were you fucking talking about before this? We both have like uh, undiagnosed ADHD. <laughs> so no, mine is diagnosed. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. My therapist is just letting me raw dog my ADHD day in and day out. Right, so. right, right. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, oh, Elham wants to wants to clarify. She is not a New Yorker. She's from Beirut, born and raised. Thank you. Thank you for that clarification. Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah. Haley wants to move there, too. Okay. Anyways, what were you saying about Shiva Baby? And, you know, the being a sugar baby, being at a Shiva, uh-huh. being at... Not uh-huh. Teo being, like, make podcast merch. Bestie, we have 10 watchers right now. I don't know how many, how many listeners we're going to get. <laughs> Oh my god. Anyway, um wait, no, what we was the- outsell the Taylor Swift cardigan. <laughs> yes, one can only hope. Like that's I feel like that's the threshold for like like mm-hmm. like lesbian success. Can you outsell the Taylor Swift cardigan? Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Um so yeah, okay, what was the second thing that you're gonna say about Shiba Baby before I interrupted you to answer the dino question? Oh, I was going to say part of 
this nature because it all takes place in basically one house like the first scene is at an apartment where sugar baby activities are happening but the rest of the movie is basically just in this one house and because of that even though i know the director emma i don't i don't know the director you're besties with her yeah i'm besties i'm personally besties with emma the director and she's like a film or she was a film major like she's interested in making movies but the script is so solid and with a single location um like premise i think it would make a really good play like i could see sitting in a theater and watching this unfold but as i was thinking on this while you were talking about the comments and other things is that so much of the brilliance of the movie also is based off of the editing and the kind of like heat that radiates off the screen when you watch it like like the red coloring and the like really close up yeah and it's like shaky at times and you just feel super suffocated by the whole situation i was like running out of breath and like physically getting hot while watching the movie and i'd be like why am i like why do my arms feel like spaghetti right now? Like I'm just watching the movie. Arms and spaghetti. then I like look at Yeah. Oh my god. Stop. <laughs> Anyways. It's so good. I would have to agree. And I think, like, the acting is just so fucking spectacular because every so single one of these characters, because it's a fundamentally uncomfortable situation, like mm-hmm. it's so discomforting on every level even as a viewer and like for these characters of course it's like incredibly uncomfortable because you're running into your high school ex you're running into your fucking sugar daddy at the fucking at the fucking shiva that you just had sex with for money and now you were at with your family well okay i don't want to spoil it because it looks like there's a lot of people who haven't seen them oh yeah 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 Um, in the comments i mean no like you find out that the sugar daddy's at the ship like very within early the, in the first movie. five like, that's minutes. the entire premise yeah. like that's yeah. not really a spoiler because you still don't know the <laughs> insanity that ensues afterwards yeah. um so knowing that like her ex and her sugar daddy are both at the same morning event is like in the first 15 minutes of the movie um and then really not that it's a spoiler but really just the rest of the movie is like what ensues afterwards and this kind of like weird thing of i think um i've also watched like too many interviews with the cast and the director i've seen nothing so enlighten me yes one thing that i think the they do really well and then they kind of talk about was their goal with making the movie was to really capture the like weird feeling it is to be a woman in your like early 20s where like legally you're an adult but, like, just barely, right. like, 22 right. and stuff like that. And you go to these events and your family is, like, asking you what you want to do right. with your life. But, like, you have Grad no idea. school, law school, are, do you have any internships lined up? And, like, the yeah. way that the conversations intersect where it's, like, oh, are you seeing anyone? Are you seeing anyone? Do you have a boyfriend? <laughs> do you have a boyfriend? Oh, yeah. so what are you doing after you graduate in the, in, in the spring? And it's, like... And then just the fucking pressure of that, as well as just the familial interactions of, like, be, like being with your parents and them being fucking doofus, doofuses, as most parents are. And then, whoa, whoa, like... Whoa, whoa. It, no, because the mom is not a doofus. The dad is, but that's, like, for comedic effect. The mom is very loving and supportive of Danielle, but the, the where the problem lies is that... Their the expectations guy, like, for their own lives, like, are not the same, it seems. No, because, it, 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 no, <laughs> because 
in the scene where, okay, now this might get into spoilery category, but not really. In the first scene, when it's Danielle, both of her parents, and the sugar daddy, right? And her parents are trying to explain what Danielle's major is. Both of her parents in those scenes they want are to be really supportive. supportive. Yeah. Like, overwhelmingly supportive. Like, yeah. her mom, like, at the end is like... No, but exactly that's, but that's what's goofy about it. What's goofy about it is that they're so yeah. desperately trying to frame their daughter as this, like, really cool, awesome girl, which, like, sh- like she is that we know of from but, the like, movie. But, like, it's because, like, they love her so much. Mm-hmm. But the... Where the hijinks ensues, <laughs> like, where the plot of the movie comes from, is that Danielle has this, like, like, this boulder, this, like, anchor hanging over her head of a secret that, like, her parents want to love and support her and think that they know what her life is about. And so then act according to what they know. And in reality, they have no idea that there's this huge, like, this, there's this, this is drama playing out underneath. And, like, that's yeah. the that's the irony of it. I think I'm using irony correctly. It's, it's, it's literally dramatic irony that's going on. Because, like, yeah. we as the audience know what's going on. Our main character knows what's going on. But literally no one else in this setting does. No one else. And like, that's what's and so tense about what it. What makes the the film so sickening to watch like that's why it feels sick to your stomach because the only person that knows what you're feeling is what the main character is feeling like it's a very intimate (laughs) experience that you have with the main character and you also like we see the tension that comes with like being queer and being a young person and being a young woman in like a religious family um and not in any sort of extreme way but um in a way that is Elham, I will, I will. Anyway, um, but in a way that is like subtle in the way that most people's experience, I feel like most people's experiences with like coming out to their parents and their family is in that it's like, like you're not immediately necessarily rejected or kicked out or whatever, but there's a, there's a lot of tension and there's a lot of like, oh, but when are you going, especially since our main character is bisexual, it's like, oh, when are you going to get over your face? Like when are you f- f- going to settle down with like a dude and like get married? And I, like the, I feel like that, drama element of it like that running line throughout the entire movie is also really inc- very like compelling as as like a queer narrative because it i feel like it's such a it's such a universal experience i i agree i also it, it reminded me of another movie in several ways um a movie titled disobedience that disobedience out- yeah Oh my gosh, you've seen it? That's literally my favorite movie. I watched um, the first five minutes, got bored, and then stopped watching it. And that was like two years ago, so. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is why you are my enemy. You are okay. my personal. Okay. Yeah, and you're an Aries, so you are my enemy. Oh, this is another thing that's really important. Stay aside, personal This is enemy. what's really important about but- this about this comedy podcast duo, is that they are an Aries. I am a Cancer. And we disagree about everything um like because it's fun so that is <laughs> that that is at the end of the day what what drives this what drives this relationship what drives this iconic you know duo i think like we are like oh yeah we also both watch like allison and gabby's channel just between us for years for our coming of age and i think that is also a defining factor of how i view media and like co- specifically comedy and comedy comedic media about women like jewish women specifically as well um yes yeah. watching i think watching 
Gabby and Allison's videos about being Jewish women when back when they were in their BuzzFeed days. I was a fan of Allison and Gabby back when they were at BuzzFeed, which has been it's been years. Like 2015, and, 2014, Jesus. Yeah. And like that being like my intro to women's comedy, I think has like fun that and the nanny and Seinfeld being like fundamental comedic like entries for me has really like I just keep watching Jewish content. I don't search for Jewish content, but like Jewish <laughs> comedy just is what I end up watching. Right. Yes, I was not raised Jewish. I was raised Christian. Um we don't need to get into all that. We don't need to There's so we're much to unpack. Oh my god. Oh, I was gonna say it reminds me of, of another movie. So we're talking about the like through line of, you know, bisexuality and, and like especially having like high school girlfriend like you're I think being bisexual in your first relationship being with someone of the same gender or sex or whatever is like a very different experience than like being bisexual than, than the Taylor Swift experience, let's just right. say being bisexual <laughs> but exclusively dating, being in heterosexual relationships. Yeah. yeah. Um and it reminds me of disobedience in the way that the main character, also Jewish, also going back for the mourning of a Jewish family member. But it's an Orthodox um, community, right? Like, Shilabi is, like, it's, like, a lot of Reformed Jews, and it's a lot of, like... Yeah, it's yeah. more... Uh, Shiva Baby is more, like, cultural Jewishness, and disobedience is more... It's both cultural, but also very religiously steeped. Um... But disobedience, the main character is bisexual, but the, like, childhood girlfriend that she ends up, like, meeting up with again is a lesbian. And I think that that, even though it's not confirmed that Molly's character, Maya, in the film is a lesbian, I am assigning her lesbian. I think that as bisexual, especially with the way very forward. Yes, and and she's going to law school. There's something very gay about going to law school. Let me just tell you, like, <laughs> that is gay behavior, to be honest. Yeah. So. To be a Jewish gay means going to law school, so. <laughs> Please. Not these generalizations. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. I think we're done. Not you saying these generalizations. Like, that's not all you do every single okay, day. Okay, but, you know, it's fine. It's, it's fine, okay? Okay, moving on to, <laughs> moving on to part three of our show podcast mm-hmm. etc where we try to convince the other person to consume the media that we have consumed recently and um okay um um, um do, you, do you have do you have one do you have an idea what is your what yes. is your presentation to me okay mine isn't something that i have consumed recently per se but it's something that lives within me at all times right. so i'm about it as recently consumed since you love the writing of Shiva Baby, like that is a standout feature of the film for you is the script and the delivery of the script. I really am once again recommending to you Fleabag. If you like the writing of Shiva Baby, you will like the writing of Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is an incredible, I mean incredible show writer. She wrote Fleabag. She's the main actress and like the director, right? No, she's not. She, I think she might have directed the first episode, but then, but it's the same director for every episode, season one and season two after, and it is so good. And the writing, very solid. Some of the most solid 
television writing that I've ever seen. And I have watched a lot of television, or I've watched a lot of TV, seen a lot of bad TV writing. Right. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge is incredibly yeah. talented. But See, I think if you like that genre of the way that the Sugar Baby script is written, you will like Fleabag. Because it, it is a certain taste. Right. And so if you like that, it's like right, it. Right, right, Well, okay. See, Fleabag has been pitched to me at least a gazillion times. Like, every single gay woman I know um has at some point told me that I need to watch Fleabag and here you are um and I think that the issue with me and Fleabag is that I'm already a basic bitch and I don't know if I can assign another element of my personality like internalize another piece of media to be who I view myself to be um and like another another like white lady telling me everything that I'm like wow this is so true so real this resonates I I'm sorry like the thing is, is that if one day I'm like, damn, I really want to feel like sad, but like funny sad. And like, I want to watch like a woman like be, sa- be like, sad and not, funny. I'll watch it. The thing is that you have so many assumptions about. Like, but that's because so many people have told me so much about it and like pitched it to me in so many different ways. And I still haven't watched it at this point. So what does that say about me? I'm dogged. I am committed to not doing the things that people tell me to do. I'm a Capricorn Moon, Gemini Rising. That's really important, I think. And I'm not gonna read Evelyn Hugo and the Seven Husbands or fuck whatever. Shut up. Really when did I ask you to read that book? Today. When did I tell you that you need to read that book? So many times. No, so many no, times. no, 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 no. I, I said, oh yeah, that's a book that you should probably read because you're like a fucking lesbian or whatever. <laughs> and I'm telling you that if you're a fucking lesbian that likes Shiva Baby, you should watch Fleabag. Yeah, and yeah. Bridge is a talented ass writer. I mean, I'm sure she is, and like, I'm sh- like, there's no way she's gotten the level of acclaim on a personal level and like on just like a sh- like a general level, like media acclaim, without being really good. So I'm sure she's really good, but like, no, because. Ryan Murphy is fuck all talented, like not an ounce of talent in his body. He makes twenty shows a year. And yeah, but that's different. He's like a man, man. like. <laughs> uh oh my god okay okay now i need to think about okay this is uh, this is another thing that's i think really essential to this podcast to the show to this dynamic is that renaissance spends all their time watching tv and like movies and i sometimes watch movies i had a movie phase where like i watch a movie every single day like in like 2020 but now i'm i just spend so much of my time reading books because to keep up with my booktube channel and also because like that's that's my preferred like form of media um so Oh my gosh. Um, but the thing is, is that Renaissance doesn't read because Renaissance hates me. So. Yes, I do read just one slower and not as often as I watch movies and TV shows. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like that's true for like most people, honestly. But that makes it I hard read, for me like, to recommend I'll sit in the stints where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with this book. Read every day for a week. And then I, I miss a day. And then I'm just like, oh, back, mm. to, my, back mm. to my little hobbling goblin hobbit your 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 hobbit goblin yeah Mm, okay interesting well hmm hmm, hmm. Ooh, i feel like you would actually really enjoy leah johnson's book then wait let me i'm forgetting the title let me look this up leah johnson maybe while it breaks did write the best episodes of killing eve that is true killing Mm. eve season one is one the best season of killing eve into like what made the show what it is and every writer afterwards has just been trying to play catch up and mimicry and failing 
Okay, so I have a recommendation for you. This is a young adult contemporary fiction novel, really easy to get through, and it's called You Should See Me in a Crown. And it's about, I think our main character is... You should see me in a crown. Yeah. The Billie Eilish song? Yeah. <laughs> Billie um, um, we, we need to do a queer analysis of Billie Eilish at some point. Anyway. <laughs> yes. What, okay, so You Should See Me in a Crown is a book about a bisexual or lesbian i'm forgetting like the sapphic main character who is a black girl in a t- in a school that like a suburban school that is like predominantly white and she has a little friend group of these other girls who are all like cool one of them is like super into astrology and spirituality one of them is like really like they, they have their little archetypes right as 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 these characters and um in you, in you should see me in a crown. Our main character basically gets accepted to this program that she really wants to go to, but then she realizes that like she doesn't, ha- she didn't get like the scholarship, so she needs to, you know, scrap together some fucking money real quick to, um, you know, get get a scholarship to the school so that she can go there and like live her best life. And so, Sunny, why did I just say Sunny? That is my own name. Call me by your name, Montero. <laughs> No, okay anyways um basically okay what the fuck was i talking gay about boy culture. yeah it's it kind of bleeds over especially considering the the people that i interact with on twitter like it's it's impossible to get away from like the the twinks who are obsessed with you know anyway so um so our main character then uh tries to become like her school has a prom queen program where if you win like prom queen you get like a full ride scholarship to whatever school that you want to go to right so she this girl is now like gunning for this position but the thing is is that our main character she doesn't really she doesn't really do that shit like she doesn't like being the spotlight she's more she's like more reserved and quiet and she's never really found like um so I feel like a like a space for herself. Oh, and also another thing that's really important is that there the family dynamic. I think um, she has a younger sibling. She's a younger brother who is chronically ill, and that impacts the that impacts the the story as well. And like the relationship that she has to her family is really important to her. And basically, she is trying to gun for prom queen. But there's a new girl at school who is really fucking cute, and they like have a little like I think they're like in choir together or something and there's like a little like romance going on there but the thing is obviously it's like this school is this like suburban ass white school like kind of in the middle of nowhere and like Indiana or some shit so oh my god that reminds me of the prom Ryan Murphy anyway uh, <laughs> oh my god Indiana. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some some Midwestern shit, like some something like that. Anyway, so basically like when when her school is like, okay, you're trying to be prom queen, but it's like she's like, yeah, but like I kind of have a girlfriend, not really. Like I I'm like in her I want to I want to go to prom with this girl, not with like some fucking dude. And um that is a book that I think you would that is a YA contemporary that I think you might enjoy for that reason. Or okay, I have another YA contemporary book pitch for you and this is one that i read pretty recently i think it's called these witches don't burn and it's about these these um this lesbian witch who like would set it's also set in like contemporary it's like a contemporary young adult novel um and it is set in salem 
and uh, magic in this world is real, but it's not like a fantasy universe. It's just like a little sprinkle of magical realism where like this girl belongs to a coven and in this other, and in her coven, uh, her ex-girlfriend is in this coven. And we know from the very beginning of the book that she and her ex broke up over something really bad that happened when they were on a trip together. And, um, but the girl, the ex-girlfriend like really wants to get back together with our main character and our main characters like literally fuck off but what ends up happening is that um on they're i think they're like seniors in high school they're like or juniors in high school and basically there is a like ritual sacrifice that's done at this like bonfire and our main character our lesbian witch is like what the fuck is going on and apparently there's like witch hunters in town and so everyone's on alert and like all all the bullshit is going on and there's also this new girl again new girl to town who is like is getting into kind of a relationship with our main character and our main character is also kind of getting into is also trying to dodge a relationship with a man like a guy who is like friends with her and her ex and like basically at the very beginning of the book her ex like tells this dude hey you should go hit up my ex-girlfriend and like see if you guys should date and she knows that our main character is a lesbian so like what it's just a way to, to like fuck with her kind of and so throughout the entirety of this book we see we see the like the witchcraft stuff play out where there's you know the witch hunter and then we also see like the relationship with this new girl in town and we also see uh this fucked up relationship between a lesbian and her ex and i don't know it just it just i feel like it has those edgy queer vibes you you you, you saw you read that book and you're like do you know the dyke who would enjoy this book my friend renaissance i think renaissance would really enjoy this fucked up lesbian witch situation <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, okay, also our friend Evie, who is a lesbian witch, um, they should probably check it out too, but, I mean, these are both, like, young adults, like, like queer coming-of-age books about, about young women, and, you know, I feel like they might resonate with you. I know, again, I know you don't read, so this is really, this is a really, like, these pitches are honestly... Are they, very... are, do they have, like, an audiobook version? Yeah, I listen I to it. I should audiobook. get into audiobooks, because I listen to a lot of podcasts, like a lot of audio content. Yeah. And I feel like audiobooks would, would really like blend itself. Yeah. No, that's life. what I'm saying. I, I I read most of my books through audiobook because it's just much more accessible and easy for me. Um and it's it's a great way for my brain to be able to like do multiple things at once. Um and yeah, you should Oh wait, someone asked what's the title of the book. I think the witch book. The witch book. It's called These Witches Don't Burn. These Witches Don't Burn. Yeah. Um and oh my god wait what were you just now talking about audiobooks yes okay so the apps that you should get for audiobooks is libby like l-i-b-b-y and hoopla h-o-o-p-l-a they're both free apps um you connect it to whatever library that you prefer that like you have a card to and then you get to browse their entire like collection and if they don't have the book or the audiobook that you want you can like I always like for my local my local library. I just go on their website and like submit um, one of their book request things. Like, oh, I would like an audiobook copy of like this book, um, and then they can they'll usually get it to me within a few days because I have a really good library system. So if you if you can't find the books on there um, in audiobook form, like that's something I would recommend. But no, Hoopla and Libby have like saved my ass so many times because they just allow me to get through books so much faster. And it's like completely free. And it's it basically just works like a library. It's just like digital, right? So yeah, you should you should definitely check out audiobooks, especially if you already listen to like podcasts and stuff. 
because I cannot recommend audiobook listening enough. Wow. Great. Oh, and the audiobook for um, These Witches Don't Burn is pretty good. Oh, I think I also listened to the audiobook of um, You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson. And both of those audiobooks are fine. Um, yeah. I have no, like, great judgment of audiobooks because to me it's like, if it's a book and I, you read it to me, I enjoyed it. Like, I, I, I don't really care about the, necessarily, like, the rest of the experience. Like, I was like, okay, yeah, that, that's mm -hmm. a good audiobook because I, because I, I now read the book. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I would recommend those. But, um, yeah, is there anything else that we should discuss today before we end our podcast and live show? Because we've gone through our three segments, right? Shit-talking someone's yeah. hot take on Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. Talking about a piece of media that we both have consumed and enjoyed. That we consume together, mm -hmm. actually. Oh, wait, wait. This is also... Yeah. This podcast, this this show is a really good excuse for us to do, like, movie nights regularly. Like, over... Yeah. Like, we already do it, like, occasionally. But, like, mm -hmm. I feel like that, that would make a lot of sense. Um, uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else? Is Are there any other thoughts that... Um, from earlier in the in in our show in our discussion that that you didn't bring up but that now you feel the need to or any other submissions from our audience of seven right now that have you know dropped off exponentially because it's been like an hour uh, i don't have any other thoughts except follow me on twitter <coughs> for the first e is an x so r x n a i s s a n c e their handle um, like the name on twitter is titties so yeah titties with with two d's double d titties um so, <laughs> so yeah oh and um gayler is real gayler and is real we will die Gaylor on this hill it's true mm -hmm. That is and, a and so Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift will also <laughs> die. <laughs> Me, you, the the Gaylor conspiracy theorists, and Taylor Swift, we're all dying on that hill. We are. All all dying on the hill. We mm -hmm. will take this to our grave. Honestly. Exactly. Okay, so yeah, that's that's it for today, I suppose. Um, thanks so much for tuning in. I can't wait to edit this podcast episode and listen to us blabber on and interrupt each other. Um <laughs> that's gonna be really exciting for me so episode one done we, this will probably be a weekly situation to be honest up until the, yeah so you know tune in again because we have to like figure out when we what we're gonna watch next together when we're gonna watch it together yeah. our thoughts yeah yes and as for this for this riveting show that we are all so invested in so yeah you know yeah. um once I can figure out how the fuck I can upload a podcast and uh, edit a podcast, um, you know, subscribe to us or follow us or whatever. I don't know how that really works. We'll see. Um, <laughs> we have to come up with a name. <laughs> yeah, we do. Have, does anyone have any have any name suggestions? That's the next thing we have to tweet. What is a name yeah. suggestion for? I feel this like podcast? it should be somehow like water and fire based. Right. Right. Like something to do with our, our, our Aries study. cancer dyna dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. I think that has to be incorporated into it or like it has to be something about us, our, our, our lesbian communist perspective, which is very integral to it is. our consumption and analysis of media, I think. So if you don't like either of those things, I don't know why you'd follow me if that were, if that were the case, but if you don't, you know, you can fuck off and I don't care. So cool. Imagine following you and not liking cancers, communism or lesbians. Yeah, I don't that know why you do that. Literally self-flagellation. Um, 
so yeah okay uh that's okay. all i'll end the live thanks so much everyone who joined um if you love it like comment subscribe etc okay bye <laughs> bye